support the work of Strike Level Sports by heading to Fanatics.com and purchasing officially licensed gear from the NFL, the NBA, and more. Each purchase made through the text link below goes into the funding of the Strike Seven Sports brand. To proceed, go to the link strikesevensports.com forward slash fanatics. I say again, strikesevensports.com forward slash fanatics. Thank you. Yo, what's up? This is your boy Derek Branch here at StrikeSellersports.com. This is another episode of Strike Seller Sports Podcast. Joined by my co-host Brian Botta. And this is another episode of Strike Seller Sports Podcast. So, for some odd reason, every time we do these podcasts, like the days after the podcast, um, stuff doesn't go down with the Los Angeles Lakers. It just, uh, just does. And... We're, you know, past the All-Star, well, I would say a week, like two weeks removed from the All-Star break. And before, the, by the start, well, once the month season started and they had their issues, I told everyone, to including y'all, my co-hosts, that I'm not going to really say anything until the All-Star break, until after it, when the stuff still... It's festering into the All-Star break after the All-Star break. Didn't even have a problem. So, guess what? Here we are. It's after the All-Star break. The Lakers are 1-4 in the last the last uh, four ma- the last uh, five matchups after the All-Star break. They um, barely won against the Utah Jazz. And then after that, they just um, went to a free fall. Um, got obliterated by the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, had a... Um, he had the uh, got beat by the Clippers. He had the uh, Dallas Mavericks on the ropes, but you couldn't get it done. Couldn't close it out, and that was not even one of Luka Doncic's best games. He only had twenty five points, but he made those shots. He made those big time shots that you need to put away a team like a LeBron that has LeBron James on it. And now the Lakers are one and four after the All Star break, and there are all kind of uh, theories and narratives being, you know, pushed about this team and what should happen, and LeBron should do this, and da 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 da, this and that, and the latest article that came out is on the Bleacher Report right now. Is that the Lakers have mutual interest and parted ways with Russell Westbrook, and that's because mm-hmm. of his because it's just not working out. Um, maybe um, I've heard that LeBron. It was more about a, a friendly. It was more about friendship when they uh, decided to bring Russell Westbrook on. They, they took LeBron James' uh, advice. On bringing them to the team, even though it wasn't about business, and sometimes that could be the wrong move when you take, you know, friendship over business, personal feelings. But I just want to ask you: Do you think the Lakers should shut this down or continue to fight for a playoff spot? 
with everything that's going on. And do you think they can get out of that um, out of this rut there and go into the playing game, playing tournament? Well, uh, LeBron's already said he's gonna play, so um, we gotta, I guess, go to try to compete for playing and uh, take it from there. But yeah, the season just been a disaster for a lot of reasons. Uh, the number one reason just has been a tough fit of uh, the LeBron, AD, and Russ. Uh, but a lot of people saw that coming in. And then not just the fit with those three, the roster around them was just not the right roster you need at all. So some of the see what the Lakers do. But, look, I mean, some Laker fans also come to it a bit talking about how they're just disappointed in some of them being, look, every year you can't win the title. Should the Lakers be better? Yeah, but I think if they get the right pieces um, and make, I think they need another voice in that front office to be like Rob's right-hand man, someone with experience on how to build championship rosters. I think they'll be all right. But the Lakers this year, they're done. It just hates to paint me like there's this one video I saw of this guy going off it, it was kind of sad but it wouldn't be me because while I love the Lakers I, I'm not going to cry over a loss or anything after the time ago this team is just going to probably lose in the first round if they somehow make the playoffs and that's a big hit so they should learn from their mistakes make the necessary changes in the off seasons and take it from there yeah valid points um, season Pretty much lost, man. It's um, it just it just ain't worked out, man. With uh, Russell Westbrook, I think that the trade, the, the report was that that a trade on the table for uh, De'Aaron Fox, if I'm not mistaken, De'Aaron Fox instead of uh, Westbrook. Buddy. But yeah, my bad, Buddy Hill. Yeah, Buddy Hill instead of uh, Russell Westbrook. That would have been the, the score that they need. But um, LeBron, I guess LeBron got with uh, Russ, and they thought. Probably AD as well. They thought it was, a, it was a good idea to bring him on, but it just ain't working out, man. Um, unfortunate, you know. Uh, Lakers are in this situation they're in right now, but I want to um, kind of some counter provide a counter take to what y'all said. You and Leo said last, I think it was last week about LeBron elevated the Lakers to heights that there have never been in a long time. Since uh, 2013, but I'll say this: ain't they got they got a championship out of it? But I'll say this: the Lakers' standard is not to just get to the playoffs or just get to the Western Conference Finals. Their standard is to win championships, man. Championship year after year. That's the expectations for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I've heard these narratives about LeBron not really being a, I would say, a true Laker, like a uh, a Kobe, a uh, uh, a Shaq, uh, who else out there? Wordy, a Magic, and maybe he's not. You know, he's he's just not. That's just not what he is. It is what it is with that, but. That's the Lakers' standards to win championships, man. Every compete for championships every year, not to be a playing team. This is um, below the standard right here. It's not to be playing team, trying to be playing teams, playing the, the first seed, and the, playing the number one seed in the West in the first round. It's not the Lakers. Lakers, a Lakers' standard is to be at least a top four seed in the West, t top five seed in the West, 
playing a, a lower tier team in the first round. You know, um, same with um, I compare it to the Alabama standard. You know, um, Nick Saban has been competing for national titles pretty much since he's been in Alabama. And on a guy that comes after him, if he wins one national championship and have his next couple of years where he's, you know, going to bowl games, but it's not the uh, the CFP, they're gonna have a problem, you know, and that's kind of what the Lakers is. The Lakers, that's the standard, you know. It's not to be playing playoff just to be playoff teams. Their expectations to win championships, man. Every year, that's the Lakers standard. Be plain and simple, you know. But we'll we'll see how everything plays out. Um, like I told, like I said yesterday in, in, in the group chat, I'm just gonna do a little deep dive and looking at what's available for free agency. What, what moves can they make? Because I think they just need a difference maker, you know, outside of AD to help this team when, when he's out. Because that's just the thing with AD now. He's, you know. He's not that guy. He can't be trusted, you know, for an entire season. You know, he's missing time right now. That's why they're having issues again, once again. But um, we'll see how everything plays out with LeBron, see how far they can go, if they can just shake themselves out of this rut. Now, a second part of this question I want to ask is for Russell Westbrook, man. Do you think... There's still, like, time in his career. Uh, you know, let's remove the fanfare from the guy. You know, he's a fan favorite and all, but let's remove that. Do you honestly think there's a there's still an opportunity for him to be, you know, coached and get him to remove, get him to, like, you know, steer away from the things that, kind of get him caught up, kind of get him, you know, sidetracked in games, you know, as a player. And do you think he could ever be an option for for, for a contender? Not a, not a number one option, but a reliable two or three guy in the, in the, on the team. I think that was the goal this year, that he he's not a number one, he's not a number two, but he, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, bro. Yeah, was, yeah, he can uh, meant potentially be a number three. And unfortunately, because the roster wasn't good and injuries, we never really got that shot. But I, I still think Russ can be a good contributor. But you, but, the, but the biggest problem with him is he can't shoot. And if you can't shoot in today's NBA, you're already a liability. And he's also, like, some people think because he's a good athlete, he's a good defender. He's not a good defender either. So he can't shoot. He's not a good defender. And most importantly, the biggest issue is he needs the ball in his hands to be most effective, and that's what LeBron needs too. And so that's why a lot of people were saying maybe he should come off the bench because then he can just be rest and he can just play his style and do what he does best. But playing with LeBron, he has to be more off the ball. And he, it's, it's, he's shown some flashes of it working. But I just don't know if it's sustainable over the course of the season. Definitely in the playoffs, I just don't know if he can do that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if he stays. Is he willing to come off the bench? Now, it's a demotion in terms of, like, he's used to starting all this time. But if they surround with the right pieces in the second unit, 
you can just be you, the star, uh, and play the style you've been playing all your career. I think that would be tough for me to pass. I'm still getting paid forty-four or forty-seven million dollars at least for next year. I would definitely take that deal if I was him, because wherever you're gonna go, you're not gonna. You may have a chance to do something like special, but you probably won't have a chance to win a title like you have with the Lakers. So. I would just stay here, and if I if I need to accept a bench role, that's what I would do if I was in. Do you, but do you think they'll make that suggestion to him before moving him, or it's just going to be here we're going to move you, um, and get some get some compensation for you? Yeah, the question is: Are the Lakers fine with? Because the one thing, if they don't extend LeBron, at least not yet, they could wait. A deadline, at least for next season, is August fourth, or they could just wait till that summer. They can; they'll have a lot of cast space, not only to extend Braun, maybe even Russ, but add other pieces. Because they won't. The only way they'll add other pieces this offseason is via trade and uh, free agency, but not really good players, just vet minimum guys. So, I think that's something I would consider if if I was Russ. I don't know if the Lakers want to some a backup point guard to be making 40, 47 million dollars. Yeah, so yeah, that's a lot for backup. Yeah, but if you look at the bigger picture, and if you, and most importantly, I feel like if LeBron wants it, then it'll happen. If LeBron and, and if you're able to talk with Russ, this is just the best way for us to win. You'll still be you. You just will have to come in with the second unit. I think it could work, but if LeBron doesn't want it, <laughs> Russ could be packing his bags and be somewhere else and he may end up get to a situation where he gets traded he doesn't want to be there they just got him and he gets signed with whoever he wants to play with but uh it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle this i still think there's a championship team in here if you can add the right pieces in the offseason and maybe have to maybe i'm gonna i, I like frank vocal he's done some good things if he's not willing to change some of the stuff they need to do he may have to go so does Rob Linka, but what's more likely going to happen though, but stay. So I would rather them just add an experienced front off executive and a f- experience, another experienced assistant to the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. One or two. And so you don't think Vogel's going to get fired? I don't know. I think he's out, man. I don't know. I think he's out. I think, I think, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get fired, but I, I could also see them keeping him. But the Lakers, you just don't know what they're going to do. So we'll see, uh, but if he somehow stays, I think he needs to make some changes on the coaching staff and just like the team. When we won, that we had a lot of former head coaches and get back to our roots. When we won, we were a defensive team, and not all of it's his fault. We just don't have the defensive personnel. But I th- if we get that, I think we can have a chance to win a championship. Yeah, that's true. But you know what though, I'm glad the Pelicans discovered Willie Green last last year because. Probably this year, if uh, Vogel gets fired, I think they're gonna look at that Phoenix uh, coaching staff. That's what I think is gonna happen. That, you know, that's just me. But I'm glad uh, the Pelicans were able to hire Willie Gray. But we'll see how everything plays out. Um, yeah, this Lakers story just interesting. Man. I just, I'm intrigued by it. I'm just kind <laughs> of, you know. Intrigued by you know LeBron, you know really is really you know struggling in this market, you know to to um, be successful, you know. But it just 
something to to look out for, something to pay attention to. But we'll see how everything plays out. All right, man. uh, Moving right along. Next topic is uh, this whole... I've been recently. I've been seeing a lot of chatter about the small market teams with you know John Moran and, uh, in New Orleans or in Memphis and Zion and Bi in New Orleans. You know, being competitive and this whole narrative about stars possibly not want to be want to they're not gonna want to go there and there's all those things that go down. But recently, you know. Kendrick Perkins, the whole Zion, you know, not communicating with the team stuff came, you know, full, came full speed ahead um, last week with uh, CJ. Well, I was, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna sum it all up to say CJ McCullough spoke with Zion and Zion spoke with him and blah blah, you know, all that stuff went down. So Perkins, Kendrick Perkins, you know, ESPN and uh, NBA analyst. Stated that uh, maybe the Pelicans should just move because they're not, you know, they'll always be second filler to New Orleans Saints. And, you know, he believes that will, that's going to be the move to make that will make the team viable, even though the team, it was 1 and 12 at one point in the season. Now they're a playing team right behind the Lakers at 10. He's still going to push that narrative. But I got the audio of what he said. Go ahead and play it real quick. Give me a second. McCollum earlier this week, it certainly was clear to me that he didn't see any ill intent on the side of Zidon Williamson in not reaching out. It's just something that maybe he didn't think of or have to quite, it just didn't come to front of mind, Kirk. Yeah, but here's the question that we need to ask ourselves. Why is Zion disconnected from the team anyway? Like, you're hurt. Why you're not in New Orleans where you have the professional staff for us, the medical staff, the training staff, all the above to get everything you need right there in the organization? And here's the problem that I have is that nothing that Willie Green said was wrong. He said everything was right. Like, Zion had the most pressure on him since LeBron James for us coming out of high school, college, or whatever the case may be. But y'all want to know the real? The real is is that I think it's time for the Pelicans to relocate. I think a city like Seattle, a city like Las Vegas, is more deserving of a, of a, of a team, of a basketball team, because I played in New Orleans, and they always are going to come second to the New Orleans Saints. I've been there. They always are going to be the little brother to the New Orleans Saints. Just think about it. Zion is a box office type guy. The Pelicans are still trying to give tickets away. Like, we watching, even when he's playing, we're watching the game, and it's empty seats. Like, it would never be a basketball city, and that's okay. But I think if the NBA want to move in the right direction, they really have to consider moving this team and this organization in order for them to even keep superstars and make this franchise relevant. I will say, Big Park, from my... All right, man. I'm going to stop it right there. Um, I want to ask you, do you think market size makes a difference for a team to become a championship contender? Or does a playoff contender in it, regardless? No. no. Uh, it can help some teams, like the Lakers, how they're mainly they're able to get LeBron and 
trade, but one LA is arguably the most attractive city in term in the NBA in terms of attracting free agents. And so, but some teams, if you're not a big market or a nice city like LA, you have to operate a little differently. And so, I feel like there's so many different ways to win, but I don't think market size matters. It's just certain places you have to operate differently. And if you can figure that out, and you need a little luck and maybe get who you get, but if you put the right pieces together, you can win a championship. And so I don't, I don't think uh, destination really matters. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was agreeing with everything Perkins was saying until he made, brought up that point because the market size is not going to get them you know, the market size is not going to dictate if they could become winners. You know, even though they may have a little more money, you know, revenue and all that other stuff, that's not going to determine if they're going to become winners because the Los Angeles Clippers were, nobody wanted to go there. You know, there were, there were nobodies in, in that town until Chris Paul got there. That that changed everything for the team, for the franchise. Uh, look at New York. They, they still... You know the you know in the pits of the uh, in the east, in the east, you would say that the east is easy to win. You know it's still and they got all the revenue, all the resources, all the money, all that, but they're not winning. So I mean, just because you move the team, that's not going to make them better. What makes them better is the coaching staff and the front office, and the money is not really an issue because. All the teams got the same amount of money in regards to um, spending on uh, free agents and stuff. You, you know, if Pelicans in the luxury tax, they pay in the, into the, the luxury tax. So that that's really not an issue. You know, it's just with a small market team, you just have to be have to be like you said, smart on be smart about how you operate and how you spend money on free agents. That's all, and the, all the Pelicans have to do is just turn around the culture, man. And what they're doing that now, you have to change the culture. And um, get Zion healthy on the court. I don't think the market moving them to another location is gonna um, make anything make anything better because even if you move them, you're still gonna have the same ownership, same people in charge. You know what I'm saying? So that I really don't make that really don't make sense. But uh, Perk, I mean, I was in the space last week when he got dragged. It was pretty funny though. I mean, ain't too many um, ain't too many you know big time analysts are gonna go into a space like that. You know, it's just I thought it was cool for him to do that, but he's wrong on the um, the team moving. You know, it's just you know, and I and I got I showed y'all the screenshot of what uh, Keyshawn said about uh, Memphis not being a uh, it's not well it's now a uh, a destination for free agents, but it wasn't before. And I'm just like every time these stars you know trend up in a small market, somebody has to bring up the city and. Can he attract free agents and can he do this? Can he do that? Just you know, it's always a, a if, a but. You know, can we? They can do this, but but you know what I'm saying. But I don't think it's, it's about the market, man. It's all about the the coaching staff, scouts, in the front office, and how they spend the money. That's that's how I gonna, that's how a, a, a is gonna be built, not because of the market size. Because um, I mean, I would say. The majority of the big markets right now are struggling. Brooklyn's a playing team. Clippers are um, on the fence right now. Boston is not where they're supposed to be. 
Um, Lakers, they they're the night seed. Who else out there? Well, the Philly, they're pretty good. Um, the Knicks. The Knicks, they're not. They're they're playing. They're playing territory. So that doesn't really mean nothing, you know. But we'll see everything plays out. All right, moving right along. And say we're next topic, and that's on John Morant and the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, John Morant, you know, as everybody knows, was selected after Zion Williamson, and possibly for the rest of their careers, they're going to be compared to each other, connected to each other in some kind of way. So, Zion, John Morant, ever since he's been in Memphis. The team has pretty much been in playoff contention. Um, first year, which was, which was um, his first year in 2020, which was also, I would say 2019, 2020, which was also the uh, pandemic year of the uh, NBA. Um, Memphis went down to the bubble and got it qualified, but got the opportunity to become a playing team. Didn't advance to the playoffs, but the next year, they got to the uh, playing game again, beat Golden State. Year three, they're the top in one of the top seeds in the West, right behind um, Phoenix and Golden State in the Western Conference. And this, um, John Morant has been playing like a, a MVP candidate so far. Um, his last four games, I got him pulled up. Fifty-two against Boston in the um, the prior matchup. Well, not not Boston, uh, San Antonio. Yeah, forty-six against Chicago. 20 against Minnesota, 44 against Portland. And the team has just been um, really good, um, work hard, plays really well together. Looks like they're having a lot of fun. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been um, a crucial piece of the team. And I think they could go. They have the potential to go far in the, um, the West this year, but we'll see. But I want to ask you, man, um, these three years that Ja has been in Memphis, has the era has his era been better than expected so far? Um, yeah, I didn't expect them. If you told me they would have even made a, the playoffs in his first three years, I would have thought he were crazy. But the fact they didn't make it, went even win a game, uh, and now potentially they could win a series this year. They've overachieved completely. Even the Grizzlies would have probably been shocked. I mean, it's unbelievable what they've accomplished and have a chance to accomplish for the years to come. And it's all because of John Moran and Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins. Those three, in my opinion, are the main reason why the Grizzlies are here today. They got the star player. They got a really solid coach, development coach with the young team. And they've got the front office executive who's been making the right decisions and uh, man, they have a chance to do some special things, not only just this year, but towards the future. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's just like the it's just like the NFL, man. When you once you find that star quarterback, man, you're pretty much in good shape. And it's and it's the same likewise with the NBA. You find that uh a potential superstar, and you just start building around him. And they were they were able to um rebuild pretty fast. You know, they got rid of um Mike Conley. And um, that contract, uh, Chandler Addo, Chandler Parsons, Parsons Drama, um, moved off a couple of old guys, and they were bad for a couple, like one or two years, and got John Morant, and 
Look at where they're at right now, man. I was expecting this, man. I, I still think, a certain to a certain extent, I still think they're kind of overachieving, man. Where they really are, man. In the, in the Western Conference, where you got Golden State, you got uh, Phoenix, you got the Clippers with Kawhi, you got LeBron, um, Dame. It's just a lot of um, really good players in that conference. And the way they the play to say that, they're in third place. I think is um pretty um pretty impressive, man. It's it's really good, you know. But uh, we'll see, man. We'll see how far they can go once the playoffs start, man. We'll see, man. Um, don't be surprised by anything going going forward. You got anything else to add? Uh, no, I agree with most of what you're saying. Uh, I'm just happy for Memphis. They they suffered a few years. And the, really, the style they were playing, it was nice, but it was outdated. Yeah. And then they got a young player, and now they have a chance to, I'm not saying they'll win a championship, but they have a chance. I feel like in the next five, seven years, they surround Jaw with the right piece. I think they can win a championship. Yes, true. I agree. All right, that's all we have for y'all for right now. Give us a like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Listen to this through YouTube. Let us know how you feel about the topics we talked about. Also, if you listen to this through uh, iTunes or Spotify, give us a five-star rating and leave your review. Also, check out Strike7Sports.com for latest content on NFL, the NBA, and much more. Have a blessed night. Peace. We out.